Welcome to the Rehab for Runners podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lisa, and today we have a run coach and marathoner. Welcome, Nick Klistava. Hey, Lisa. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you for being here. So today, Nick and I are going to chat about detaching yourself from the numbers so you can improve your performance. I feel like nowadays there's so much data out there that you can just analyze so much after every run by just clicking a button on your watch or maybe looking at your phone or an app. I know, Nick, you had told me once you were worrying a lot about your numbers and the data and maybe not able to improve your running performance or perform like you had wished. So can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah. So, you know, I started running a long time ago, 1996. I ran high school and college and very numbers oriented. I would know my splits and paces, you know, 100 meters at a time running around a track and I lived and died by the numbers. And, you know, it worked for a bit until it didn't. And then I took a long break and I came back to running um, after college, about eight years later, and I was a lot slower, as you might be when you take time off. And so I started comparing to myself, my older version of myself, all my workout paces from before, all these numbers started getting in my head and like constantly just telling me, I'm not good enough, you know, you're not as good as others, you're not doing it right. And so it slowed me down a lot, right? Because instead of being where I was, I was really focused on being who, you know, being who I used to be, I had to be there. How could I get there quicker? How could I run those numbers? And so one of the biggest things that helped me was, you know, when I got a coach, it was like sort of running a lot more effort-based, um, time-based workouts. And so removing the numbers, right? Knowing that, you know, if I go run a two-minute split, you know, two-minute rep around some road, don't really matter. Like, I don't even split them sometimes. I don't laugh them. I just run for two minutes and if it's 5k effort, 10k effort, like I know how hard I should be pushing and without relying necessarily on the clock to tell me I'm good enough, but focusing on my effort, my running hard and finishing strong is more important than a watch telling me some number that makes me feel like, oh, I did it or I did it. Yeah, I love that because it also is going to depend on how you're feeling each day. You know, you always want to give 100% effort for that day, but maybe that day, you know, you didn't sleep as well, or maybe you have a little bit more stress. So you can't give that 100% that you gave last week, but you can still give 100%. And there's no need to get caught up in getting mad at yourself and really focusing on that one number to determine whether it was a good workout or not. There's no point in worrying about one number to really make or break your workout and how you feel about the workout because that's just going to make you mad. So I completely agree. So once you started focusing on running for effort, did you notice like a mindset shift which improved your performance? Yeah. And so, you know, when I started doing that, at first it was very hard because, you know, you really want to focus on something to tell you whether you did well or not right and so uh, I my coach advised me to sort of step away from it a little bit it's giving you a lot of anxiety you know it's causing you a lot of issues around it it was slowing you down right and so it took some time but as I more and more sort of focused on just executing and less about whether it is good enough um, that those training blocks, those, you know, those fitness, those workouts just started piling up, right? And over time, instead of finishing a workout like dead, laying on the ground, you know, because I hit the numbers or finishing a workout strong, knowing I could do another rep, it became much more the latter. And more and more of those got me closer and closer to my goals. And so when I stripped away, like, okay, well, if I have, you know, 
a phrase I use a lot is workouts are about gaining fitness, not proving it. And so when I stepped away from proving things in workouts, having to prove how fit I was, having to run some number because that's my goal pace and just ran what I was capable of doing that day, I really saw big, big growth. And so, you know, example I like to tell is when I ran my marathon PR, I did a lot of long runs in the buildup and I ran them all really by effort. I knew a goal I had in mind and I had it there, but when I ran my long runs, I would just execute what I was capable of doing that day and where it got. And a lot of times it was much slower than that number, 20, 30 seconds slower than my goal pace. But every week I finished strong, I finished capable, and I finished feeling more and more confident in myself. And you know, after a long block of that, as I got to the race day, I still felt confident in my goal, even though I hadn't run it constantly in practice or, or executed all the time. And I went out there and ran 26 miles at that pace. Instead of worrying about whether I could do it in training, uh, it came together on race day because I really focused on the efforts that I was capable of in the workouts. Oh, I like that so much. It really shows that the workouts when you're running for effort versus trying to hit a certain number, that's going to build your confidence more than just almost like checking off a box that you ran at a certain pace that day. And then it's just like, okay, on to the next run. And I think also when you're running for effort, like you're way more self-aware of how you are feeling in that moment. Maybe you're more aware of how your running form is, or maybe you're more aware of your breathing or, you know, these little things that we tend to forget about versus just focusing on that that one number. I mean, I did a speed workout today and I was thinking like my watch was like, you're going too fast. You're going too fast during this speed workout. But I was like, screw it. I feel good. And then that's when I was like, this really is about like, you know, some days you feel really good and you can really push it and it feels so effortless. And then other days, like when you're trying to pick it up, it just feels like, you know, your legs might feel a little bit heavier. And that's where I completely agree. Like you're just running based on how are you feeling for that day? And then you're way more self-aware. Self-aware in terms of is something tight? Is something maybe causing discomfort? Or am I just feeling really good and everything feels like I'm in sync for that run? So I really like that. And I also think when you shift the focus to effort, it's going to prevent burnout. So let's talk about burnout a little bit because I know that's something that as a run coach and then as a physical therapist, we want to avoid burnout mentally, physically. We want to make sure that the long-term goal here is to run for years and years to come without pain and also want to run. So have you ever experienced burnout or did you experience burnout when you were really focusing on the numbers? Yeah, so I stopped after college and I sort of retired in I obviously didn't because I'm still doing it many years later. But, you know, I really thought um, like this was it. Like I couldn't run these paces. I didn't really love it anymore. And I wasn't where I wanted to be and came back with a newfound joy. And then quickly, you know, competitive running all I knew from high school and college quickly, quickly fell back into that and sort of almost burned out again because instead of just improving where I was at, caring too much about where I should be. And so I did burn out and I got a coach. And one of the things I got from my coach was a very supportive and, you know, caring and kind person who would root for me no matter what, whether I did a 30 minute easy run or a great workout, the log comments would be like, great job and you're doing great. And so, you know, one of the things I took away from my coach and then I shortly became a coach a couple, maybe a year and a half later, from learning from him was the, how to help people really 
go through the minutia, the day to day, right? It's not about the workout, like one workout, no one heroic effort isn't making or breaking your entire career. Like, you know, your career is a sum of all your training. And so how do you help people stay focused and stay positive on the journey forward? And, you know, positive is a relative term. Like there are ups and downs in every journey. Everything's not going to go perfectly, but how do you keep moving forward, right? And how do you, avoiding burnout really means how do we not get stuck on something that sort of is ruining all of this for us? And so how do we shift away from having big goals and dreams, which is highly encouraged. You know, you should want your athletes to pick big goals that scare them and they chase, but then detaching from those goals so they can actually focus on what they can do each day to get a little better, what they can do in the process, what they can do to get closer into it and how they can actually see that progress, right? What can we show it? The, the greatest thing I think a coach can do is help give perspective to an athlete because as you get closer to a race, athletes are generally nervous about whether they can hit their goal or not because, you know, we've never, we never run the whole race in our training, so we're never sure. And so how do you help athletes like stay, show that progress? And so it's helping show them who they've grown and how they've grown, right? Like I like to celebrate before a race with an athlete about like, look how far you've come. And it doesn't have to just be, look at your workouts getting better, but like here's things you said you couldn't do and you're doing them, or here's how you've executed, or you had an injury-free block, or you know, you've, you're more positive and I can see it, or you've had workouts that didn't go well and you didn't let it derail you, like celebrating so much and being so proud of them before the finish line, right? Because the more we can celebrate getting to a finish line or celebrating the training, the easier the race becomes because in the end, you know, ra- training is the test and racing is the celebration. So when we can celebrate our races and it can remove that anxiety around performance, it really helps people sort of stay positive because even if the race doesn't go well, they can end that day and go, well, you know, we talked before the race. I saw all that progress I gained. I know all that fitness is there. It just wasn't my day. And that's okay. Sometimes it's not. But if you go in that race, you're like, if I don't run this time, I don't think I'm progressing. Well, that's a lot of pressure you've added on yourself already. Maybe you've achieved it. Maybe you've added so much pressure that now you don't. And now you've that one thing that was going to give you confidence that you're waiting for to run that number didn't happen. And now you lose all confidence. And that sort of short starts the burnout. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. That the race is the celebration. I really love that. I can totally relate to that. I ran my first marathon last year and I like it was almost like I was emotional, like mid training. If I just thought about like getting to the start line, it wasn't even about me, like imagining myself crossing the finish line at a certain time. It was just showing up at the start line and feeling confident in my training. That's what made me emotional during training. And then once I got to the start line, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm here. And then at the finish line, I was just like, well, that was fun. Like, it was just like, you know, I really actually enjoyed the tr- the entire journey, not just this one day. I enjoyed everything that that training turned me into, everything that it allowed me to accomplish, the confidence it gave me. And I love that your coach would give you these small little like, you know, celebrating every small victory because they turn into those big victories where, you know, a lot of the time we're just looking to celebrate hitting certain milestones, but it really is about doing your best on a certain day where maybe you just didn't feel like, you know, getting out there to begin with and like just completing certain runs where, you know, maybe you weren't in a good headspace to begin with and then you left the run with a good headspace and I think that's so important where you know it can really go a long way just having that like coach on your side and having a good coach so I love that you can do that for other runners 
Yeah, and I think like the other important part, right, is life happens the entire training block, right? And so, you know, as a coach, I think it's important to have some idea what's going on in your athletes' lives, right? Like, you know, I joke and say, like, I know what's going on in most of my athletes' lives at any time. I, I can't fix their problems. I can't fix my own. But, like, I can help adapt, right? And not only just adapt, but help celebrate, right? Like, you know, sometimes athletes are like, hey, this really horrible thing's happening in my life or work's really stressful. And, like, so not only do we adapt to training, but then later on when we're back to rolling or we got through that period because they juggled it amazingly, celebrate that a lot, right? Celebrate that, okay, well, you know, maybe your workout felt hard. It should. You had a lot of stress or maybe you didn't hit all your splits, but you made it through that week, that really hard week or that really hard month or through these things in your life like that's also a celebrating moment right because we're our own harshest critic we will ignore that because we think we should be able to do our training no matter what no matter what happens in our lives we're just going to wake up we're going to go run a workout we're going to hit all the splits because we're fit and no stress can stop us right and so the opposite is true which is that that stress affects us a lot right and so we can still overcome it we can adapt sometimes we might not but do we take the time to celebrate that we did these things through these moments, right? That is super important as a coach to recognize it is important or even a friend or someone to help an athlete see that because they're not going to notice. And most of the time they will just think, uh, I had to do it. I had to get through this. The workout said to run. And so helping that helps them level set themselves heading into a race or in a training block to say, hey, life was hard and I did my best and I'm getting celebrated for that, right? I took an unscheduled rest day and people are telling me great job. Like we should. Like you didn't run through some injury, you didn't run through some burnout, you didn't run through some like day where you absolutely didn't want to run. Like you took a day off. Great. That's wonderful. Like sometimes we need that. So like let's celebrate those things the most. Absolutely. In the last episode, I talked with Brody Sharp and he was saying that, you know, if you think about stress with an increase in stress as an injury is right around the corner, you're going to learn when to push through a workout, when it's appropriate, and when you should pull back. And in that case, you know, if stress is really high in your life, maybe you need to take a rest day. And it's almost like there's so much of like the grind on social media as we see in like rest days. It's like you don't see them that much. You don't see them that much, which is really sad because there's so many benefits to these rest days. So celebrating those rest days is just as important as pushing through a workout. You know, it's just as important so your muscles can recover and you can achieve that long-term goal of completing the race or PRing the race. But I completely agree. Like, I wish more people celebrate rest days. I really like that. Yeah, exactly. So let's now talk about how we can balance enjoying running and then also feeding into our competitive side of running. Because, you know, a lot of runners are maybe type A or maybe they came from another sport or maybe they ran in high school or college and they're continuing to run. But everyone, you know, we want to run because it's fun. But how can we also balance like feeding into our competitive side, not getting like too upset with ourselves, but while also having fun. Yeah, I think if there's one word I build most of my coaching around is the word balance, right? I want my athletes to fully feel balanced. I want them to feel supported for having a balanced life, right? And that doesn't just mean some people are parents, some people have kids, some people have stressful jobs, some people have friends and they want to spend time together. And I think what's happened so much in running is people start and they start it as this stress relief. And then they start finding, hey, I'm pretty, I'm good, better at this thing than I thought because it's an endurance sport. So obviously if you do it more, you do get better and it surprises yourself. And so, but then they get really in it, right? And they get some goal or they get something or they, they find some like-minded people and they start 
the balance in your life starts going out of control, right? And and like what I mean by balance, it's like, hey, oh, you know, we joke as a society on reels all the time. Oh, it's Friday night. I'm going to stay in. I'm going to go to bed at 730. And sure, if you want to do that, go out, go off, have it, have your 730 bedtime, eight o'clock bedtime Friday night. But also if like your friends are like, hey, you want to go out tonight? And you're like, no, I have a long run. And you constantly do and you constantly skip fun events with friends or family or do things that you really bring you joy, right? Because you're so committed to your goals that you can't find time for this joy or find time for these things you love. The problem with that really ends up being that you push so far in the direction of being competitive, uh, 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 competitive towards your goals that now you've added immense pressure on succeeding, right? Because let's say there's 10 long runs in a training block and like five times someone asked you to do something on a Friday night. And you said, no, 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 my goals, my goals, my goals. And then you get to the race and you're like, oh my God, I skipped all these fun things. All my friends talked about all these things they did. I didn't go, but I got this race. And then you go execute this race. And if it doesn't go well, uh, like how does that weigh on you? Like people don't talk about like, you're going to think about, oh my God, like I sacrificed so much and took out all this joy in my life just to chase this goal because we all think every, everything we do in our life needs to sacrifice everything, all in, right? We're all in, sacrifice whatever isn't necessary towards our goals. And like that mindset can work for a training block because sometimes people do it and they see success. Like, you know, you, you train trial by fire, right? You survive a training block, you might run well, but how long can you play with fire until you get burned, right? either mentally, physically, or just like, you know, you miss hanging out with your friends, you miss going out for a drink, and and then people flip in the other direction. And now all of a sudden it's, well, I can't chase my goals because they demand too much of me. They demand me to not go out. They demand me not to see my friends. We've we've, changed our mind around it to the point where now we think like this is the way it is. And so helping people get that balance to say, you can go out on a Friday night, you can have a drink or a couple drinks with a friend even, like don't go get completely wasted and you know if you want your run to go well but like or, or like don't go out till two in the morning if you want your one run to go well you can still do it if it brings you joy the workout just might not go great but you can have you can do things with people and have fun and you can still chase your goals right we have to have that joy with us in the journey because if we teeter too far in either direction all of a sudden this isn't fun anymore and it is, you know, a third job in our life or something else that demands so much of us and we can't always meet those demands. Oh my gosh, that is so good because I see this happen all the time and I feel like, you know, it is one thing if you do want to go to bed early on a Friday, like, you know, some weeks I'm I'm right there with you. But other times if you are saying no to all these social events, then yeah, you're going to get, you're going to be almost like resenting the fact that you signed up for this race or you're going to be like after the race, like now I can have my social life back. I hear that a lot and I don't think that needs to be the case. I think it's more of like the expectations or maybe the pressure you put on yourself from maybe something that you've heard in the past that other people do did this so you should do it like other people are in bed at 8 p.m for their long run waking up at 4 a.m so I should do that in order to be successful but that's not the case at all I think it's more about like analyzing what you want to do and where you can still get your runs in have fun and then like hang out with friends or have a drink there's nothing wrong with having a drink on a Friday night before long run Some people might frown about it, but I'll tell you what, I've done it. I've had one or two or three drinks and my long run was perfectly fine the next day. And, you know, it's like other people might, you know, give me the side eye for that. But that's the one way I balanced 
my training. So I didn't resent it. And I didn't think of it of it as this like all or nothing mentality where it's like, well, I have to run this marathon that's supposed to be really fun, but I'm putting everything else on the back burner. But I'll have a lot of fun after the marathon's done. Like that was never really the case for me. It was more so just adjusting my schedule to so I can have, you know, the best of both worlds. I want to be able to hang out with friends and have that social life. And there I feel like that really helped me not get super burnt out. You know, at the end of the training, of course, you're just like anticipating the race and you want it to come. But there's a difference with that versus like this race needs to be over. I'm, you know, so tired. I just want to hang out with friends and like stay up all night and have my life back. I think, you know, that mentality has to go out the window because if you want to do this for years and years to come, you have to learn how to balance both. So I really like that because I think it's often forgotten that you can have both sides. Yeah, and I like, you know, I, I always have a, a PR beer before my race. So, you know, just this little fun celebration thing I do. And, you know, some of my best races have come after having a PR beer. All my, all my PRs have happened after a PR beer. <laughs> and the other thing, like, I think people struggle with, you know, everyone. We, we all struggle with all or nothing, black or white thinking, right? Being in the gray, being, you know, one way or another is really hard for people because, again, if we're chasing our goals, like all we think is, well, we'll do everything towards them, right? We'll do everything we can to possibly reach our goals. And then that means we go so far that we cut things out, right? And so it's really, really difficult and hard for people to just be in that gray area, which means I can go out with friends and I can chase my goals. Because then if a workout goes not the best, all of a sudden they're like, oh, well, you know, I went out with friends, so my workout was terrible. It's not, never is terrible anyway. Like it's always probably good enough. But like that's that's sort of like where we think, and they were like, if I was just more committed, so like that's really hard for people. But the more running is an uncomfortable sport, so the more we can be uncomfortable, you know, and that goes to jokingly about people ending their runs at point five nine nine miles instead of six point <laughs> like just this general uncomfortableness, like that also comes with just being okay with like doing things and also chasing our goals, right? That's another uncomfortable feeling, and, and another phrase I like to say to athletes and friends is like bring your your bring running along with your life don't stop your life for running because so often i see athletes you know have a vacation with their family in the middle of a training block and they're like so stressed about oh my god well i have to get up at four and oh my kids are gonna be mad because i'm not around and like everyone's upset i'm like then don't like skip a run or we'll do we'll change the entire week to be something that supports you that week or it's okay like you we plan these vacations and they cost money and then we're like annoyed with them because they're interrupting our training. Like, like it's so backwards because that brings, that takes away so much joy in your life and we don't notice it because we're focused on our goals. Right. So mm-hmm. we take that away until things don't go right. And then it's like, we're really getting you know down on ourselves and we can't figure out why it's because we're, we're taking all these fun things out that we're supposed to do. And we're like stressing about them because you know, they don't fit the training mold. Like, find a way around it like we can i've adapted down weeks to train to vacations like if athletes giving enough time like i've helped them work around those weeks i've helped support them through weeks where they you know they just had a vacation and they came back and trained and is that ideal no but was it good for their life yes so then we do it oh so good i know during my training block i had a 10-day vacation and it was a hiking trip. And I remember I ran 19 miles throughout two weeks and or the week and a half, basically almost two weeks of my training. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, am I going to make my goals like is that my entire training plan thrown off? I just had two down weeks. Like, do I have to make up my runs? And my mom was like, what are you doing? Like, you just also hiked for four hours every day. So maybe you should consider that. But also, like, she was like, you're fine. You don't need to make it up. And I was like, 
okay, you're right. Like, and then the next week I was like, it was like, I didn't miss anything because you don't lose endurance that fast and it's going to be okay. So I, I really like that. And another thing I thought of was I remember when I was in grad school and I had like a Fitbit watch and I would always wear it when I would sleep. And if it said I got like six hours of sleep, I would automatically be like, this is going to be an awful day because I'm going to be tired. And it's almost like I looked at this like data to tell me that it was going to be a bad day, even if I woke up feeling okay. It was so crazy how my mindset just like shifted. And it's almost like runners can think that, you know, if you stay up and you're hanging out with friends until say like 10 or 11 o'clock and then you go to bed a little bit later, you're thinking, oh, this run tomorrow is going to be awful. Or like, you know, I'm going to wake up tired. It's not going to be the best run I've ever had. But we need to like almost like shift that mindset and just go again off like, well, how are you feeling in that moment versus what is, you know, the data or like the numbers telling you? Yeah. And there's so, I mean, running's been around for a long time. Right? <laughs> I hope people know like we've been running for years before GPS watches, before like whoops, yeah. before HRV data, like, and like they did it. Right. And so data is great. I, I don't fight against it. I fight against the numbers only when they become detrimental to people, right? Mm-hmm. Like numbers can be beneficial. There are a part of our sport. I mean, we do race against the clock, right? So numbers have a place, but when they start becoming detrimental to people, that's when I start like pushing back to say, hey, how can we remove these things, right? Like, hey, yes, your whoop says your score is negative 300. I know it can't. I'm just being sarcastic. <laughs> but like, you know, it's really bad. So I'm not going to go run today. I'm like, okay, like, but how do you feel, right? Like, because you know, maybe it goes okay. And like, maybe we don't have to shift just because your watch says so. But you know, when you're sick or things like that, yeah, we should skip, right? We shouldn't run through that stuff. But I think like, you know, one of the big, the best tricks I've given to athletes sometimes is like when they're really getting caught up in the numbers and they can't hit the right paces because we, you know, I'm athletes use dot, So it does have like paces to run. And so I'll tell them, okay, go do this workout. Um, and you know, run, have your watch going the whole time, but put something over your watch. Don't look at your watch. Just run. Like if you do, let's say eight times, two minutes on, two minutes off, just go run for two minutes hard. Your watch can beep when you're done. Don't look at any splits and then jog for two minutes and do that eight times. And then don't look at your watch at all. Come back home and write in the log. How do you think the workout felt? And they'll be like, oh, you know, I felt like I was slow. Like, you know, it just didn't feel great. And then I'll be like, okay, now look at the watch and send me a text and tell me like, you know, how you feel now. And they're like, oh my God, like I hit all my splits. I was faster. Like I am so surprised, right? Because when we remove some of those barriers, some of that anxiety around it, we can do better, right? And so, you know, sometimes it does take a workout where we just, where we're not feeling great or we're, we're struggling and just don't look at your watch, right? Like even if you don't know your splits for a run, you still did a workout, right? You still gained fitness if you ran a workout, right? You don't need the numbers to tell you whether it was a successful run or not. Just doing the workout is good enough, right? Oh, so good. I'm doing that on my next speed workout. I am definitely covering it up. Um, I'm always afraid to because I feel like it's going to pause the watch, but I'm just going to do it and write down how I'm feeling after and then look at the splits. I really like that. So when you're working with a one-on-one client and you are kind of noting that maybe they're getting anxiety about the numbers or maybe they're getting caught up in the numbers, are you noticing this because they are talking about the numbers more or are you picking up on different cues that they're saying or how do you usually pick up on that? where you feel like, okay, maybe we need to switch to more effort-based running. Yeah, a bunch of factors, right? I think a lot of people share a lot in social media, right? So sometimes they might write in their law, great workout, and then I'll go on social media and they'll be like, worst workout in my life. And I'll be like, hey, what is this you? Like, what happened here, <laughs> right? So 
Um, so sometimes like I'll use like wherever they're willing to share. Right. But you know, sometimes it's just like, Hey, like I, runners are very, they're willing to be vulnerable with people who care about their running. Right. So they will kind of express in ways of like, I got in my head in this run or I was running this workout, like, and I just, it got harder as I was going along. I just didn't think I could do it. Right. And so, you know, and some athletes I know just struggle with certain types of workouts. Like, you know, I think there's something we don't talk about enough in running, but like, you know, certain runners have different types of fast twitch and slow twitch mu- muscles. And so some runners may excel at shorter stuff, like one or two minute intervals at it, or one or two minute reps at like interval pace. They may crush and then you give them a 20 minute tempo and they'll struggle. And then other runners are like 20 minute tempo. I can run this all day, but I can never get to the speed I want to. Right. And so when you get these calculators that are assuming like you're the same across everything, like then people struggle and sometimes interval stops too hard and they're getting in their head or sometimes they get a long tempo and they can't figure out the right effort. So they, you know, 20 minute tempo, they hammer for 10 minutes and the last 10 minutes they're struggling or they stop early because they're like, I can't handle it. And so those are the times when I just try and get them to, like we talked about earlier, get onto effort pace, because if you can learn your effort, just in training, not only in training, but in races, like how that transcends, right? If you can learn how you're feeling in training, because that's what we're supposed to do. We're really practicing so we can run on race day, right? And so the more we can practice, the more we can figure out how things feel, the better we'll be on race day controlling ourselves. Because if all we know on race day is when my watch beeps at me, I run faster. When my watch beeps at me a different way, I run slower. It doesn't really help you on race day. You're not really learning anything. You're sort of like just slowing down and speeding up. And not for nothing, slowing down and speeding up is a waste of energy, right? And so it's more likely to, like you said earlier, if you're feeling good and your watch is yelling at you, just keep going as long as you know you can finish the workout. And so I, I try to pull cues from wherever I can. I, I have lucky athletes that I think I've created an environment where they feel very comfortable sharing um, when things are, they're having problems or when they don't feel right about workouts. And then some, I just know like, Hey, we should check in or, Hey, why don't we try this workout without anything? Or why don't we really not focus on the numbers for the next month so we can get back in shape? Because, you know, always when we're a block ends or we're starting up a training block, like it's harder to be where we want to be. So those are the best time to really just go run. Right. And not worry about what anything says. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like that. I mean, I think, you know, sometimes we think that we are running for to relieve stress, but we have to remember that, you know, just because you are running to clear your head doesn't mean that running is not more added stress. So, you know, we already have the stress from running. We don't need more stress from this pressure we're putting on ourselves or getting caught up in the pressure of performing a certain way for certain runs. So, when you shifted from running for effort, did your overall stress, not just in running, but also just in life and like your mindset around running, like how did that change? Yeah, one of the first things that happened is I had a lot less anxiety around workouts. Like I would go to workouts and I would constantly be like, I have to prove something. So I'd be driving, driving over if wherever we were, if we were doing a group run or by myself, I'd be going there and I'd be like, oh my God, like, I don't know if I can handle this. Like, here's the numbers I need to hit. Like, this is going to be so hard. And like, that's really tough. Like sometimes I would hit it, sometimes I wouldn't. But like, I was putting so much pressure on just this one workout as like trying to prove everything. And so one of the things I did when I started even if I took splits in that workout, like, but by really controlling my effort and getting there, like it was really about now I'm going into this with a growth mindset of saying like, Hey, all I'm trying to do is get better today. Like if I force this to be about proving something, I am not going to get as better. 
because I'm going to be Raleigh running the wrong effort, right? How often do we end workouts like completely dead laying on the ground? Well, that's a hundred percent effort day, right? And that's good once in a blue moon if you planned accordingly in training, but most likely it's not. Most likely you want to end a workout being like, I could do one more rep. And so for me, when I do workouts, like it's really about putting out the right effort and getting that anxiety away from it and looking at it more as an opportunity to get faster because that's what we're trying to do in practice. We're trying to get better, right? It's different than other sports. Like when you play a sport like basketball, like you're not in pain the whole time, most likely. Like, but you're getting, you're practicing and shooting the ball to get better. While in us and running, we're like actively hurting ourselves to get better. But in the end, like if you're running at the effort, the paces and the efforts you're supposed to, like you're not going to die doing the workout. Like some are going to be really hard, some are not, but or less hard. But like in the end, all you're trying to do is is get a little better. So one of the best things that helped my anxiety was around workouts and then what happened of course is you get less anxiety around your workouts then you get your races and you're not there full of nervous energy like I would roll up to my races and just be like I don't know what I'm capable of today but I have an idea and I'm just going to do my best and then I would excel that and go well past that it was crazy like how that just going in confidently and going in without that extra pressure of like I have to prove this or I have to do this or all these workouts you know for nothing if I don't race well today knowing that there's always another race knowing that like I'm still an adult and I still have responsibilities after this race ends, like, you know, and that I'm trying to have fun, right? We sign up for races to have fun, right? In the end, like we should have fun during a race. We should have fun training for it and we should have fun afterwards, right? So like all those factors like really helped me get away from all this extra pressure, which really I felt helped me sort of feel better about training as a whole, right? And so in the rest of my life, it, running didn't as consume as much of my life, right? Because it's taken up a lot of mental space when you're doing a workout and you're like dreading it three hours beforehand and then you're worried about it wasn't good enough afterwards and then you have a race coming up and you're sort of dreading that and like how much space does it take up in your mind, right? It's a lot, like, and it added up week after week. So uh, a lot of anxiety trickled away in my life and sort of like opened up this place of like feeling comfortable and confident and then just going out and just trying to execute to the best of my ability. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's so true. I like that a lot. I mean, the numbers are supposed to be a guide so you can become a better runner, whether the numbers are guiding you to run at a easy pace or the numbers are guiding you to run at a faster pace. They should be guiding you. You know, a number is a number until you put a meaning on it. Data is just data. You're putting the meaning on it. And it depends how you're putting the meaning on it. Are you seeing this number as like, you know, it is what it is. Like, it's just a number or having anxiety over it, stressing over it. Like, I know from, I used to get like butterflies in my stomach before run. Like, it was just like, why am I so nervous before this run because I and it just came down to me putting too much pressure on myself which it made no sense it was just like a casual run where I was supposed to be like an easy pace so it really is like how do you it's very individualized like how do you see this data or this number do you see it as something where you're like it's kind of neutral where it's like okay I need to hit this and it is what it is or are you getting nervous about it so I think that's where it comes to like analyzing and like being very self-aware of like how are you feeling about this and from that you can start to determine if you need to start running for effort or if you're still okay running for certain paces or certain numbers yeah exactly it doesn't have to be effort or numbers like it can be both too and in the end, it's just like, how do you find a way to work, do what works best for you in those moments, right? And both these are, are fine ways of training, but 
you know, sometimes getting away from the numbers really helps open things up. And then sometimes you can go back to the numbers too. Like I have had training blocks where later on I am focusing a little bit on the numbers of just trying to run. I, I think I'm here, so let me get that number in my head. I'm going to go run, not staring at it, but like, okay, I'm in that range. I'm good. Like that kind of stuff as I get closer to race is sometimes helpful too when I have removed a lot of it earlier on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's important to note, like, I know I'm not just talking about like a pace number. I'm also talking about like cadence and um, even like heart rate. It's easy to get caught up in all those numbers. And I think, you know, heart rate training has its time and place, but, you know, it doesn't have to be you staring at your watch every second of your run or looking at it every 30 seconds. Same with cadence, you know, analyzing the cadence. I feel like there's so much data out there. It's kind of insane. And you kind of wonder how accurate it is too with like stride length and everything. But there's just so much data like with cadence. If you don't know what you're looking at in terms of cadence, then there's no need to analyze it. You know, there's no need to analyze. It's good to maybe know these certain data points, but you don't need to analyze it and get stressed out about it if you don't actually know what it truly means. Because I know speaking for cadence, a lot of runners get caught up in that number, but it's really about how has your running form changed or improved or you know, kind of gone downhill because of the cadence number. It's not necessarily about the cadence number. It's about how is how is your running form improved because of maybe improving your cadence. So I think, you know, it's the same thing with pace, though. How is your running improved by running at a certain pace? It's not about the number per se. It's about how you feel and how your running has improved. So again, it just goes back to like you are putting the pressure and the kind of like the definition around that number, not necessarily like the number putting it around you. Yeah. And there's so many numbers available for runners and you can go on social media and someone's telling you if your cadence isn't this, you're not good. If your form is not this, you're not good. If your heart rate's not this, you're running too hard. And like those are just like heart rate data is the hardest because like don't get me started there's zones and how many zones there are and each watch has a different number of zones and how they calculate it and like if you're using a wrist-based watch it's a little bit off anyway and so like there's a lot right Mm -hmm. so i'm not saying don't use data but i'm just saying like like you said use data with an understanding that it is just data and it's not the driving force of you you're the driving force of your running not the data right yes so you are in control. You're in control of your effort. You, If you feel easy and your heart rate's a little above zone two, it doesn't mean you're in the wrong zone and you've ruined your whole run, right? It just means maybe you're stressed and your heart rate's higher or any other million of factors, right? So sometimes it's okay to like drop the data and just focus on how does it feel in this certain day. And I know it's harder for some runners, especially newer runners, to really know what easy pace feels like or certain paces feel like so we learn right but it's you learn more by trying than you do about just relying on data forever because it cannot serve you properly your entire career if you rely on it only as the only way to train yeah and experience is going to help you with you know understanding how you feel but do you use um the rpe scale for effort i do i i share it with athletes sometimes it's something i sometimes use um you know i for my own background, like I ran a lot in high school and college, so I have a little bit of different background where a lot of easy runs were with runners, right? So I did a lot of group runs and I still love group runs. So for me, conversational pace becomes a big talking point because I do want to do runs with people and I want to be able to talk. And I know if I can talk in full sentences, and that's a lot of things coaches say, then I know it's an easy pace no matter what the number is. 
um, because I'm having that conversational pace. But I know other runners started as solo runners and other things like that. So RP really is helpful for them if you aren't running with others and you don't want to talk out loud while you're on a run, you know, in the middle of your neighborhood with no one around you because people might think you're weird. <laughs> um, so, you know, having RP is great in that mm -hmm. example. You know, it's just another tool we can use. Yeah. I know for conversational pace, um, I used to think it was just like spitting out one word and or two words and being able to breathe. And I was like, this, I don't know why I was like, that is not actually having a conversation. That's me just <laughs> huffing and puffing and barely getting some words out. And then it was like, oh, once I actually slowed down, it's like talking in a completely full sentence without feeling like you're gasping for air, or, you know, really slowing down. So yeah, I definitely appreciate you sharing that. Well, thank you so much, Nick, for giving us your time, your expertise. Really appreciate it. And let us know where we can find you on social media and um, find you as a run coach. Yeah. So uh, first off, thanks for having me on. Uh, I am uh, I'm a run coach with a company called Lift Run Perform. So you can find me on Instagram at nclustava. Um, I won't spell that, but it'll be in the show notes somewhere. Um, and it's my last name and, um, that's where you can find me on Instagram making silly reels or sometimes educational stuff. I love it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I will link everything in the show notes.